Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Success Hackers. This is your host, Scott Hansen, business and marketing strategist, best-selling author and speaker on Success Hackers. We are all about empowering you to play bigger in your business. And today, my friends, is no exception. We are going to bring on a high-performance growth strategist and sales dominator with us. But before we do that, I just wanted to make everybody aware that you can write into the show if you have any questions or if you want me to ask our esteemed guests any questions that you think of, please do so. You can email a show at info at successhackers.net. And when you actually email your question, uh, make sure to obviously sign your name and your company name. When you do that, I will actually bring your company name and your name up on the very next episode. So go ahead and write in to info at successhackers.net. Today's Success Hackers episode is brought to you by IWantMoreLeads.net. If you are looking to grow your leads for your business today, make sure to check out the free video on how to generate all the leads your business can handle. Just go to IWantMoreLeads.net. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. As I mentioned earlier, if you are truly committed to becoming a high performer and a high achiever in your business, you are absolutely at the right place at the right time. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Jason Forrest. Jason, are you ready to rock? I'm ready, Scott. I'm super excited, and I, I love the concept of, of, of hackers. I actually call myself um, a hacker as well, and I, I it's, it's a cool concept because I always ask the question, like, when you think of a hacker, what comes to mind? People say, well, it's you know, someone that's illegally hitting the computer system and, and you know, me- making it do something that it's not supposed to. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I guess you can look at it from a, an, an unethical, moral, illegal way. But the hacker is, is, is it gets into the computer systems and, and it, it, it rewires it to do what it wants it to do. And that could be done for good or evil. And what's great about your brain is your brain is the most powerful computer on the planet but it's only as good as the hacker. It's only as good as the driver. And so you can actually go into your brain and you can actually rewire it to do what you would like it to do, to manifest the, the life that you uh, want to achieve. And, and, uh, and so I'm all about one, hacking my brain, but also hacking the processes and procedures, you know, of businesses to help them achieve the goals. But then also I consider myself to be a biohacker. So we can talk about that maybe in the future, but I'm always biohacking uh, my, my biology. I mean, I'm hacking my bloodstream. I'm hacking uh, what, you know, what my blood says and I'm doing certain things so I can be optimal in my actual uh, biology, my performance. I love that. I love that. Well, from one hacker to another, Mr. Forrest, it's, uh, it's, great. it's great to have you on the program. Let me just go into your bio real quick, and then we'll come back with our questions. Jason Forrest is a thought leader and behavioral change expert on a mission to convince everyone he knows that they are enough. He's a sales trainer, management coach, and the author of three books, including his latest, Leadership Sales Coaching. He's the chairman of the National Speakers Association's Million Dollar Speakers Group. He has been awarded 
Training Magazine's top young trainer and a Gold Stevie Award for sales trainer and leader of the year. He incorporates experiential learning to increase profit, implement cultural accountability, and transform companies into high-performance organizations by unleashing their human performance. Jason, welcome to Success Act. Man, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, and and that was definitely a, a mouthful. But that last <laughs> that last line, you know, the cool the cool concept of unleashing performance is is really an important phrase, and it's the reason why. We have won all these international awards for behavioral change because most most trained organizations we compete against they're focused on on helping people realize their potential, but that's very different than actually unleashing performance. So potential is what you believe that you can achieve. Performance is what you end up actually doing. And we know we we get paid for what we do, not for what we not for what we think or what we think is possible. And so we are all about unleashing the performance of what people do uh, when it comes to business, when it comes to driving cultures, when it comes to uh, driving sales and customer service and leadership. And that's an important concept to truly unleash a person's performance. So cool. Cool. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think that I love the way you put it. I actually never heard it put that way. Um, you know, 104 episodes later of 104 really successful entrepreneurs and business owners. And I never had it put that way, which I do want to dive in right away to that. So when you when you teach individuals on how to unleash the best versions of themselves or how to unleash their human performance, is this a quality that they're kind of already innately built into us or is it something that they need someone like yourself, a coach, a mentor to really pull out of and uh, can anyone become a high performer? That's a great question. I, I actually think I actually think we can because I think that that um, if you if you let's just take the current concept of, of a salesperson, right? I mean, how often you know do you hear people say, "Well, not everyone can be in sales." You know, some people are, you know, people are either born to be in sales or they're not born to be in sales. And I actually say that's actually incorrect. I believe that all human beings are born to sell. They're just programmed and taught that it's that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taught that by their parents, they're taught by their friends, by the media, by society, that it's just not who they are. And and so what I have to do and what my team does at FPG is we go in there and we unleash them. And so the example I'll use, I'll say, you know, so so and they'll say, well no, I, I'm telling you right now, I got a daughter right now, there's no way she could sell. And I said, well how old is she? Oh she's uh you know she's thirty years old, but just you know when she gets into kind of social setting, she just clams up and gets really nervous and she just doesn't have a lot of assertiveness. And doesn't speak speak up. And I said, okay, well, at what age did your daughter um, convince you to stay up late when after you said no to her, or convinced you to buy candy at a candy store when you said no? Oh, I mean, as soon as she could, you know, start talking. Exactly. So, selling someone something is a survival skill, uh, just like breathing or finding food or whatever. It's a survival skill. So, it's just we're just taught to not do it. And so, what I have to do. Because I actually, my team goes in there, and we actually have to give them permission to go back to when they were four again, and say, okay, when the four-year-old version of yourself, the six-year-old version of yourself, what would they do in a situation like this? And right now, I need you to unlearn uh, what you have learned along the way. And um, and it's interesting because I actually came up with this metaphor a while back that if you look at your life as a metaphor of a clock. You know, you start off on the twelfth hour of your life, right? So the twelfth hour is like the beginning of the time, right? It's the beginning of the of your life, and and between the hours of twelve and three, I consider it to be I call that the learning zone. 
You know, you're, you have no rules, you have no leashes, you have no um, alibis or excuses holding you back. And so you're just learning and you say things like, teach me, I just want to learn, I want to be great. So then all of a sudden you get to the third hour of your life and you say, okay, I got this, which is like the worst thing you can possibly say. As soon as you say, I got this, then all of a sudden you start to get arrogant. Well, if you say, I got this, you become arrogant. Now you go between the hours of three and six in your life. And I call this the, the, um, non-learning zone. This is the time where you say, you know, it's not, it's, it's, you know, I already, I already figured this thing out. And so it's not me. It's the economy. It's the circumstance. It's the situation. And, and so you don't take ownership for things anymore. Well, then you get to the six hour of your life. And this is a pretty bad time. This is where an entrepreneur we either, will either have a breakdown, which will lead to bankruptcy, or they'll have a breakthrough, which means they'll move forward. Well, the only way they'll break through is if they say, holy smokes, it's been me all along. It's not been the market. It's not been the I just stopped learning. And if I could just go back to, you know, the beginning of my life when I was, you know, between the hours of 12 and 3, then I can I can get back in the learning zone. I'll be fine. I take ownership. And now they go between the hours of 6 and, and 9 of, of, of the clock. And that's where I call it the relearning zone. And that's where you'll hear people say, we got to get back to the basics. Remember when Remember when it was uh, we first started this company and we did blank, blank, blank? We got to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's... You know, now you're, you, you've, you know, you've, you've humbled yourself again. And so now they're relearning things. And then now they get to the ninth hour of their life. And this to me is where the Yoda part comes in, the enlightenment part comes in. And now I call this the unlearning zone. And so now they say, okay, you know what? I, I, it's not about learning new things. It's actually about unlearning the leashes and the ineffective programming and habits that I've picked up along the way. And if I can unlearn the things that are holding me back while keeping the things that are working, then now I can truly get to that that relaxed focus, that freedom that I really desire. Uh, and that's between the ninth and the twelfth hour of their life. So it sounds like you guys teach this this last portion, the unlearning, if you will. And whether it's um, a business owner that's responsible for revenue, um, which most business owners are, or maybe even a sales manager or sales individual that's learning how to close more business, develop report, you know, uh, work with a, a client, etc. So when you're one-on-one or one-to-many with any of these individuals that I just talked about, what's maybe one success strategy that you can share with our Hacker Nation who's listening that says, you know what, I'm a business owner, it's just me or it's me and two other people and we're revenue responsible, so what is, how do I get to that zone that uh, Jason's talking about? What do I need to do? Yeah, I love that. That's a great, that's a great question. And, and one of the things I'll tell you, this is an important thing for you guys to write down, and that is... That, that success in anything is actually very simple. It's just not easy. It's simple, but not easy. What do I mean? Because right now, I mean, you know, you've, you said you have over a hundred episodes here that you've had people that have laid out the exact simple strategies on how to achieve blank goals. All you got to do is just do them. You just got to do them. You got to just let, let it go and be unleashed to make it happen. But it's just not easy because it requires you to actually do it. Uh, same thing. I got to tell you all the time. I mean, like right now, if you Googled, you know, the five secrets to Elon Musk, I promise you it's somewhere in there, somewhere on the internet, right? So, right, right. you know, okay, well, let's just copy the five secrets to Elon Musk and you're probably going to be okay. Or Warren Buffett or, you know, Donald Trump or Oprah Winfrey or whomever person that you admire, it's out there. So it's simple. It's not easy. And that's an, that's the first thing that people have to realize, you know, and, and one of the things I'm always striving for when it comes to, to my own company that I developed, uh, FPG, but also working with our other companies because companies hire us to help them achieve their goals is, is I call it the unicorn. I call it the, the unicorn for every business, the trifecta that every entrepreneur is really searching for. And that is number one, they want to have high growth. 
uh, you know, year over year high growth. Number two, they want to be profitable because you could have high revenue, but you could revenue yourself into bankruptcy if you're not managing your cash. And number three is you want to create a best place to work. And so I'm always focused on how do we create that unicorn trifecta uh, because sometimes it's difficult to do that. Sometimes you could have a best place to work, but you know, uh, but you're not making any money, or you could have high revenue, but you have high turnover, and it's not a really good place to work. So, but what you're referring to right now is is obviously on the high growth side. So how do we get people to do that? So, so you know, to me, let's just go over a couple of strategies, right? So the first thing I would say is is I, I tell salespeople, you have to sell as if you're permanently dead. Hmm. You know, <laughs> Please explain. What does that mean? Well, I'm a big fan of, of I, I mean, our program is called Warrior Selling, and I'm a huge student of, of ancient warriors. And so I was reading uh, this book called The Art of the Samurai Code, and it's written you know, hundreds of years ago. And it said that the, the, the best samurai is the one that, that, that goes to battle as if they're permanently dead. I mean, just think about it this way. If, if you... If you were going up against an opponent, okay, so you were in battle, you were in war, and you and you're in the and your enemy believed that if they died in battle, they would be rewarded in heaven. Um, do do they have the advantage? Of course, of course. Uh, versus versus, you know, if you believe that you're you're better off not dying and um, and living on this earth, then you know you're going to be selling with fear. You're going to be, you know, performing or, or in, in battle in fear, and so I use that as a metaphor. And by the way, just as a side note, that's the reason my opinion is why we're never going to beat the Al Qaeda or anyone else is because you know they believe they're going to be rewarded in heaven. Right. So I mean, we're just they, they're always right. going to have the advantage because it's just it's a disadvantage. I mean, the samurai were taught that when you died in battle, you died facing the enemy. You did not die with your back against the enemy. And so I use this as a cool example of salespeople have to have to sell as if they're permanently dead, meaning they have to. They have to truly believe that that I'm going to give everything I can to this customer to convince them to choose me over all alternatives. And I believe so much in my value and my process and my product, and I believe it is going to save them. It's going to to uh, you know help them achieve their goals, whatever those goals are, their profitability goals, their culture. I mean, whatever their goals are, it's going to achieve that. And I have to believe so much in that that I'm willing to achieve resolution with the customer in front of me and I'm willing to not hold anything back because the research says that you know less than 6% of your prospects will talk to you twice so so it's a, it's a complete i mean so like one of the things that I teach people and you're going to uh, think this is probably crazy but I teach people that stop following up you're probably going, what in the world? I mean, everyone teaches follow up. I mean, it's a huge, you know, trillion dollar industry, the CRM business, Salesforce, et cetera. And I tell people, I said, look, I said, I said, you can follow up as much as you want, but follow up is nothing more than a excuse because you did not sell as if you were permanently dead. Let me just you stop not- you there. Let me just stop you that because I want to piggyback off this just so I'm making sure everybody understands that. So that, that is an anomaly. Like you said, I would imagine, Jason, that there's a fine line between confidence to being all in to everything that you're talking about versus desperation. So how do you differentiate or separate the two? And I think that's great. And it reminds me, and just in that whole idea of what you just said, it also, um, you know, it, it was eloquently put by Eminem when he said, you have one shot, one opportunity, you're going to take it or let it slip away. Right. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, but, but so it's interesting that you say that, uh, because yeah, you, I mean, look, neediness kills deals. You know, and I always tell people, look, whatever you do, don't be the needy guy at the right. bar, you know, where you go up to the girl right. and it's like, 
you know, hey, so, um, you know, my name is Jason and hey, can I buy you a drink? And I just want you to know I make a lot of money and I'll buy you any drink that you want, any kind of food you want. You know, would you like something? No, I, I, no, I'm fine. Honestly, anything that you choose, I, you know, I'll, I'll buy it for you and I'm a really yeah, nice guy. Right. Tell me the, you know, 10 things you're looking for in a husband and I can tell you if I'm telling you that I'm, I'm those 10 things. I mean, of course, that's, you know, that does not work in the dating world and it does not work in selling anything. So, so yes, you cannot be needy. Because this, the definition of selling is certainty plus education with rapport. Mm. And so, you know, you've got to have rapport and rapport is basically you're on the same page with them. That's not rapport is not being liked. Rapport is to be on the same page that we're both mutually moving toward the same direction. And I understand the goal that you're trying to achieve. And I understand what you're currently doing that's not working. And I understand how my product or service compares to the other alternatives that you're considering. And so I have rapport and then I have certainty in my message and clarity of what we can deliver for you and, and then education on why it's going to work and how it's going to work. And so they, as long as they, you know, they nail that, then they're fine. But, but exactly what you said, they have to, they have to leave it all in the field. I mean, I remember I, I was a Texas football, you know, football player. And I mean, that was the thing the coach always said is, look guys, I mean, this is it. I mean, you know, especially like I was, I remember my senior year it was my last game. We were on all state, you know, it was all, it was a, the last, the, the big state championship game. And he said, look, you guys are seniors and most of you guys aren't going on to play in college. And so this is your last shot to ever play football. And I want you guys to go out there and to, to, when you, when you, when the game is over and the whistle blows, I want you to say you've got it all out of your system because you don't want to have any regrets that, man, I wish I could have played harder on my last game because I feel like I still want to play football. Like give it everything you got so you can get it all out of your system. That's yeah. kind of a, you know, cool concept. Yeah, and I, I love the way you put it. Hacker Nation, I, I know Jason, you can tell he's just a little passionate about what he does and what he, uh, what he believes in. But I just, I think the message is so important, which is he's not saying to be obviously desperate. And he gave a great example of the, the guy in the bar. But what he's saying is there's a difference between desperation and please buy this and please buy that versus what he's, what he's trying to bring across, which is this. You can probably tell by the way he speaks. Um, high posture, right? Uh, a lot of confidence, a lot of posture. He's saying, you know, you do your homework, going into the situation, you're building rapport, etc. But rather than rather than say to yourself, well, here is the first call, then I will follow up with a second and third and etc. etc. Like a lot of sales individuals or business owners do, go into it with the mindset of I'm closing this business. I mean, I'm closing this person today. I'm getting the check. Um, um, they're going to buy my product today. It's a mindset and it's a posture. Would you agree, Jason? It, it is. And, and um, you know, our head coach here at, at FPG is named Rich Tiller. And he spent over 30,000 hours, guy's 66 years old, 30,000 hours doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with sales professionals in his career. And we had a great conversation about this. And I said, you know, do you agree that follow-up really should be a person's plan B, not a plan A? And he said, I 100% agree with that. I said, well, tell me why. And he goes, because... Every time that um, I meet a hard closer and I coach a hard closer, they refuse to follow up because their mindset is the deal is already done. Like I've already said my piece. What else am I supposed to say to them right. versus the people that are weak closers? They have to follow up because they did not complete resolution in the first conversation. And so it's really an inverse relationship is that so and so the question is, well, why does everyone, you know, harp on following up? Well, it's because they're not focusing on the right thing, which is on resolution. If you focus on resolution and on closing the customer, then there's actually no need to follow up, which if you think about it is, is 
I mean, I've never met a salesperson that's like, man, I love following up. That's like the greatest thing I look forward to doing. And I tell people all the time, I mean, I, I was doing a big sales rally yesterday for about 110 salespeople. And, and I said, you know, on average, how many hours do you guys spend following up on, on a you know, weekly basis, strategizing your prospects? Who am I going to call? What's my message? How am I going to get them on the phone? How am I going to come back? And they said an average of 10 hours a week. Hmm. And I said, so 10 hours a week for a 6% return on your investment. Right. I said, it's just, it's a horrible, it's a horrible return. And so right now, you know, the, the goal is, is how do we follow up? How do we take those 10 hours and actually and turn them into more money? Cause that's what, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to leverage your time to make more money. Well, that is you take those 10 hours and you spend more time with the customer on the first visit versus more time on the follow up and your sales will exponentially increase. All right. So <laughs> it's amazing. We can go on and on. I have all kinds of questions, but I think this very subject will help so many people that are listening right now. Probably someone's listening saying, all right, that makes sense, but I'm maybe not as, as pushy. Maybe they have that in their mind or, um, I don't, I'm not used to doing that. I'm used to sort of these, these follow up type calls and I know we can be here forever. So let's keep this semi short, but I have a question around that, which is, how does someone get to the point from where they're at today to having that mindset of this will be, for lack of a better term, you can call it whatever you want to call it, a one-call close or closing the prospect at that one sitting or over the phone or whatever it is that you guys do? How do you take that from, well, I'm used to doing all these different uh, uh, second, third, fourth meetings or calls or et cetera, to saying this is what we're going to do. We're going to close this today. Is it a... Is it a mindset? Is it actual? Is it a tactic that you use? Is it a way of closing? Let us peek behind the curtain of uh, one of your seminars or one of your coaching calls and uh, and teach us that. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, step one is definitely it's always about the mindset first, the beliefs that drive everything. But uh, but yeah, I mean, and then it goes back to the clock metaphor, right? So you know, it's like what would you do when you were eight? I mean, my son, my son Saunders is nine years old. I got a daughter, you know, who's seven, and he doesn't follow up with me. I mean, the guy follows me around. He like, he won't leave me alone. Dad, what's the, what are we going to do? Are we going to watch the movie tonight or not? I want to watch the movie. Are we going to watch the movie? You know, dad, are we going to do it? Are you going to, hey, dad, are you going to build this with me? Dad, I, you know, I just got him a pocket knife for his ninth birthday. Dad, when are we going to whittle? You know, I don't, I just in a, in a little bit. Dad, are you going to whittle with me right now? Like, when are you going to whittle? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, so one, you got to go back to when you were nine. What would you do? And it's not like, okay, dad, no problem. I'm going to put you on a nine step follow up plan in my, in my, in my CRM Salesforce system. And I'm going to drip campaign you for the next three weeks until you whittle with me. I mean, you know what I mean? So why let's go back to, it's not like, it's not something you have to learn. It's something you have to unlearn. You got to go back to when you were nine. So that's number one. And then number two is, yeah, I think there's a tactical process. And I think it's starting with the, with the, you know, the outcome with the customer. And so, you know, so when you get on the call with them, I think you just, you, def, you decline, you de- de- decide the outcome. I, I say that every, every buyer is in three categories. So it's a simple system that we use. And so category one buyer is someone who hasn't decided to do something. So your, your job is to convince them to do something, convince them to leave their current situation, their current vendor, their current website, whatever it is. Uh, number, in the category two is someone who's decided to do something, but they don't know what. So for them, you got to, you know, narrow it down for them and all the different options and choices and, and then a category three is between two and three options. And so for them, you got to convince them to compromise and you got to convince them to hopefully choose you over all alternatives. And so, you know, my simple thing that I teach people is, you know, when a customer, when you first enter in that relationship with them, you got to quickly categorize them like in the first couple of minutes. 
And you got to find out, you know, are they category one or one, two or three? And let's say they're a category one. Well, you just quickly say, okay, well, the most important thing we need to do right now is we need to figure out if it makes sense for you to change your marketing strategy. If, if you're selling marketing services, you know, or, you know, um, uh, you know, PR services, we got to see if it, if it makes sense for you to change, you know, change what you're currently doing when it comes to PR. And we can determine that really quickly. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to talk about what you're currently doing and, and compare that to what we could do for you and what your goals are and the other options that you've considered. And then we can decide if that makes sense to you. Let's say they're a category two, then you would say, okay, well, it sounds like you're definitely going to do, uh, you know, do a new website. Um, however, you know, you're not exactly sure, you know, your budget and, and, you know, what, what's most important to you in a website and what you're wanting to accomplish. And so really what we need to do, we need to focus on is we need to create resolution around that. We need to talk about what's most important to you. And then I can share with you, you know, how that compares to what we can offer for you and other things that you've seen and what you're currently doing. Let's say they're a category three and they, it's between us and, you know, another option and you say, great. So let's, let's do this. Let's figure out you know, um, why, why you're considering us and what you like about us and what hesitations you have at the same time, what you prefer about the competition, uh, or, you know, the other, other option that, we, that you're comparing and what you like about them and what you don't like about them. And then by the time this conversation's over, I'll ask you one simple question. That is, do you feel better with us or better with them? And I just, you just have to have a resolution mindset. So you have to own the process. You have to literally talk to them. Like, here's where you are in the process. Here's what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen next. And you got to own the process and then you take them through it and you create a resolution and then you, and then you summarize it and say, great. So when we first started talking, you said that, you know, you were undecided about blank and, um, but we talked through this and then I asked you what concerns are about blank and you said my concern are this. And so, um, and then we talked through, you know, and made you feel better about the concerns as, as what you said. And so really there's nothing left for us to do, but to decide, are you in or are you out? You know, do you think this is the right choice for you? Um, or is there any other hesitations you have, but I would like to move forward and, and make you a customer of ours. What, you know, what do you think? All right, Jason, we are now entering the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So Jason Forrest, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready. I'm excited. Best advice you've ever received. Uh, the best advice I've ever received would be, really came from a quote more than anything else was a Wayne Dyer quote. It's uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. It is the quote in the hallway of FPG's headquarters. And I run my entire life by that. You change the way you look at your marriage, marriage changes, relationships, prospecting, the close, follow up, uh, running a company. I mean, it's all about, it's all about just changing your perspective on anything and everything will change for you. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? <laughs> well, if you were to see my office right now, I have two things. One is a power plate, which is a machine that vibrates you and it removes lymph and toxins and increases your blood flow. And uh, every pretty much professional athlete um, in college teams use them. I also have a rebounder in my in my office as well, which is basically a mini trampoline. And so throughout the day, um, myself and my and my employees, we're always using these machines to constantly keep us energized and focused and, and, and uh, awake. Mm. You now own a time machine. I wanted you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Uh, gosh, um, you know, I, I think I would say have more compassion. Um, I, I'm, you know, probably like a lot of people on this call, or just or, or everyone on this call is a high achiever. Or you wouldn't be listening to this call, uh, this podcast. And, and I think sometimes we try so hard to kind of win. 
that we, that we just don't have compassion for, you know, how for the, for and be grateful for what we've accomplished up to this point. And gratitude for me is the unyielding fuel for courage. Mm. And if you truly want to win in life, you're going to have to have enough courage to overcome the adversities. Well, if you want more courage, then you got to have more gratitude. So you got to truly be grateful for what you've done so far so that you can take the next step. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Great question. Uh, I mean, I have so many books, but I, I would just say, I mean, the a book that comes to mind has probably never been mentioned before on this, on this is um, a book called Return to Love by Marion Williamson, hmm. and which sounds crazy for, you know, guy like me, but you know, the book is, is, um, it's a paraphrased book from the, uh, the, um, the course in miracles, but you know, she has a couple of really great quotes in that book. And she talks about, you can have unlimited miracles in your life. If all of you, all you do is ask to see things differently, but it's also, that's where that famous quote comes from. Uh, my deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. My deepest fear is we're powerful beyond measure. It is my strength that my weakness, the most frightens us. Who am I to ask ourselves? You gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? Hmm. Your plain small does not serve the world. You know, that, that to me is a really famous, a really important quote to live your life by. Because it's about letting your light shine so other people can be liberated to do the same. I mean, our world right now is all about, you know, uh, not sharing our successes and sharing what we're doing that's winning. Well, it, it just, it's, it's not raising the consciousness of the human race. And so, you know, I think it's actually very liberating to, to share what you've done to hack yourself and to, to achieve greatness because it gives permission to other people to do the same. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service that has helped your business, what would that be? Uh, there's a great, um, a great app you can purchase and, and it's also a, um, it's a great app, but it's, it's a web based app. But it's also on the on mobile devices. It's called growth cafe, growth cafe and you go to growth.cafe and it's basically a learning management system that meets a social media platform or not social media, but uh, yeah, like a Facebook platform meets, um, you know, gamification. It's, it's really cool. So for an entrepreneur, they can actually create very simple, um, you know, lessons, training activities, concepts for their small businesses, record process and procedures, even just using their phone, and they can systematize things so that their business can run more efficiently and effectively when they're, when they're in that high growth stage. Awesome. Jason, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been, yeah, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible success strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Yeah, please go to fpg.com. So it stands for Forest Performance Group, uh, fpg.com. And definitely, uh, I mean, we, we have a program called Warrior Selling and I mean, all different kinds of programs that people can, um, subscribe to. And if you, Subscribe, of course, to our newsletter. Then I'll send you my uh, free big idea uh, um, ebook that uh, can go over some of my philosophies. Life gratitude is the unyielding fuel for courage. Mm, love it, Hacker Nation! Make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Jason, along with some other really cool resources we have on the site. Go to successhackers. Net. When you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of these newest and latest episodes. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.